eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back. It's the Lions 24-7 podcast. It is a Friday and we have plenty to catch up on here as Penn State making major splashes in a couple different recruiting cycles. We're going to get to 2023 in a moment. Huge addition, Alex Birchmeyer, one of the premier prospects in that cycle, committed to Penn State on Thursday. But the way things are moving for the Nittany Lions right now, we already have another commitment to talk about. Fresh out of the addition of Katron Allen, IMG Academy running back, committed to Penn State on Friday. We're fresh out of that decision. And Sean, Nick Singleton last Tuesday, Katron Allen this Friday. Just like that, we reached the middle of July. Penn State has two blue trip running backs on board. How about that? Running back recruiting taking care of itself. Uh, just a matter of getting the first one in the boat. Katron Allen, a very interesting addition in the sense that uh, this is a just a flat out big back. I mean, that, that, that's something we talked about with Brian Doan earlier this week. And I hope you caught our conversation with Doan, uh, which was more of a conversation than a report from him, which is always fun. We got some good feedback about that on the site. Uh, but back to Katron Allen, big kid, thick kid, nicknamed Fat Man. Got to like that. Um, but he's he's a different style back than uh, than I think we've seen in, in this cycle. Obviously, Nick Singleton, the freak athlete, Allen, the grinder, um, but still a really good athlete. And, and this is a t- took a look at some testing numbers. They did a, a camp down there at IMG uh, in the spring, and uh, you know he's running the four sixes. Which if you if you look at his tape probably didn't think he was that fast, but you, you look at what Penn state has done with guys like that guys like Kevon Lee, um, you know, Noah Kane's probably not quite in that big back category, even though he is a pretty big back. Um, but you saw that video this week. Yeah, I saw that video. <laughs> he looks freaking amazing. Um, uh, that's something I'm really looking forward to. And, and I know you as a big Noah Kane guy are really looking forward to as well. Um, but Katron Allen, he can, he can move um, in, in that same mold as, as Kevon Lee. Um, you know, when you're bringing in two backs and we talked about this before, complimentary is, is, is nice, but it's not necessary. Um, you get a little bit of that here. And I'm, I'm excited to see where he goes as a prospect. Obviously, Going to IMG, uh, he's from Virginia. Going to IMG to to get work in that environment, uh, go against some other really good backs and some some of the best competition in the nation. I think that helps. Um, could help, could lead to him seeing some early playing time. But uh, this is a this is a good pickup for Penn State. I mean, it's it's been crazy to think about this position, uh, you know, as a whole in the cycle because you're thinking. Um, top of the board, Nick Singleton and Amari and Hampton. Then you get that next level that had George Petaway and Ramon Brown, and they brought in Katron Allen for a visit, Damari Alston for a visit. I think I'm missing one more um, as well, but it, it was very interesting to follow. Um, but Jay Wan Sider did a heck of a job. Uh, I, th- I think at the end of the day, 
Catron Allen was ready to jump on board. Petaway, Brown, maybe not so much. Um, and they, they, they realized that Allen was just too good of a player to pass up. And, and sometimes they do this. Sometimes they play around with the, with the kids, sort of try and push him down the lane a little bit. Um, Allen was ready to go. They were ready to take him. And, and, and that's kind of how this one came together. I, I want to talk about Allen in a moment, but just in the past few weeks before Penn State got Singleton and Allen on board, there was a little bit of a discussion going on from some corners of the fan base wondering about J1 Siders effectiveness as a recruiter. I, I don't know if that was also tied to the fact that they didn't sign a high school player last cycle, but don't do that, folks. J1 Siders an ace, and uh, you know, he just added this to his resume. It's a, it's a very impressive resume. Uh, by the way, Sean, third time in four recruiting cycles. Penn State undersider that Penn State's going to bring in multiple four-star running backs in that class. I like that. I like where you went with that. Usually I'm the a-hole that, that tells them what to do and what not to do. I like, I like seeing a little bit of that from you. Uh, but yeah, this is, this is a position they've recruited really well. 2021, kind of an anomaly all over. And, and when you look at what Jaywan Sider does the best, it's, it's when he meets those people, when he gets those guys uh, on campus, like a Kevon Lee for the first time, Kaziah Holmes for the first time, you know, it sort of clicks there. And, and looking back to, to Katron Allen's official visit, this is, this is one that we, you know, really just kind of wrote off at the time. He visited that weekend. Mm. Uh, what was a Ryan Brubaker and Keon Saab. Keon Saab set to announce this weekend. It's not going to be Penn State, but he's set to announce this weekend. It felt uh, like a practice official visit weekend, didn't it? Like it was it, like, it, okay, this is a start, and then then well, focus on the next few. Andy Frank almost pretty much admitted that to us, right? Yeah, yeah. He said we're just bringing in a couple guys, getting the flow, and then the next weekend was the big one, and the following weekend also was a big one. Um, but yeah, it, it was. Definitely not the feel because they had a big camp that weekend where they offered JB Nelson and, you know, they got a closer look at Brubaker and things kind of went two separate directions there. Um, so it, it was really kind of a, just a, I don't want to say throwaway official visit weekend because you did have a five star in Keon <laughs> Saab on campus, but Allen, it just felt like kind of a courtesy visit. And Allen felt like one of those guys, you know, you look at his offer list, Alabama's there, George is there. He wasn't going to be at any of those schools if, if, if you get what I'm saying here. Um, so it kind of felt like one of those guys, kind of like a Damari Alston, where you're sitting in that second tier waiting for maybe some more dominoes to fall and, and figure out where you go from there. But I mean, he's a really, really good player. I know Don Don loves this kid. And I think I'm pretty sure we talked about that on the last episode, but it was such a stream of consciousness for 54 minutes because I thought we'd talk to him for about 35 and then I did the editing and it was much, much different than I thought it was. But we've got him at 151 nationally in the 24-7 sports rankings, number 13 running back overall, number 18 in Florida. The composite actually has him a little bit higher at 127, the number 10 running back. So um, this is a kid, even, even though you look at the film and he doesn't blow you away with home run ability, really has the potential to be a, a good solid back. I think the Big Ten is a, is a great fit for Katron Allen. Yeah, and I, look, not every running back is going to have that home run ability on the field, but uh, and even on high school film, IMG Academy especially, you put Katron Allen in some public league in you know, a corner of Pennsylvania – he might look like he has a little different level of speed versus playing IMG schedule. You watch his highlights at IMG. They have a national schedule. They get on planes to go play high school games. Um, you know, this, there's a reason that it's such a magnet for top talent. And as you mentioned, Allen initially out of Virginia, goes down to IMG you know, right off the bat. I think the last couple of years, about 1,600 total rushing yards um, down there. And you're not going to be – I mentioned this with Noah Kane earlier. You're not going to be – the guy. You're not going to dominate the backfield. You're not going to dominate offensive touches at a program like IMG. I think that's an important step. Whereas if you were to stay in the Norfolk area at this previous high school, 
might be getting, you know, uh, 25, 30 touches a game week in, week out, you know, for one, that's going to wear you down physically. And, and I think that's something that's worth noting here. But really, to me, it's more about a mindset. I know Jay Wan Sider wants to find counterpart pieces in these running back class, classes when he goes and, and tries to get multiple guys who know what, the, you know, they're not coming to campus and expecting to, to step on the field and say, give me the football. They know that they're going to have to get to campus, look around that room and buckle up because it's going to be a pretty considerable conversation. Um, very curious to, to see what happens here in terms of when these guys are getting to campus next year, January versus June at the running back spot. But to have these two players on board here, you know, just a couple weeks into July, that's really impressive to me. You mentioned there was the you know, Amari and Hampton. There was a lot of buzz there for a moment. The, the commits who were on campus with George Pedaway felt really good about where his head might be at. But Katron Allen, the last few weeks, really, since we came out of that June period, he's the name that surfaced. And then when things started trending for Singleton, we mentioned this a couple of times in the podcast, Sean, you emerged from this, you know, this pretty wide, uh, widespread running back recruitment search in the past five, six weeks with Allen and Singleton as members of your class. There are not a lot of holes to pick at right now in the Penn State offensive group. Maybe you see more movement there and you will see more movement. And that's actually part of our, our, our five-star mailbag. But I want to stress, look at what they've done at quarterback, at wide receiver, now at running back. That's a lot of ducks in a row in this cycle of all cycles, a couple of weeks before you even got to get out and start focusing on practice with your Penn State players. Got Jerry Cross at tight end as well, and I don't see them mm-hmm. adding a second one there. So, yeah, you're right. It's going to be a lot of focus on the defensive side of the ball, but Penn State now at, what, 19 commitments. Uh, there's an announcement coming tomorrow from Jordan Allen from Louisiana, and it seems like Penn State's in a really good spot there. Um, so that, you know, you could be – at that magic one T yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, one last thing here to throw in on Allen uh, four, one, five shuttle at that particular combine that I was speaking of earlier. Um, I'm not sure if these were fully automated times or whatever, mm. but uh, if that kid at six foot two twenty is running a four, one, five shuttle, that's different. That's different. Yeah, that's different. And, and he's got a lot to work with there in terms of his vert and stuff and, and things like that. Very, I, I think you look at him and, and, and I'll be honest with you having the nickname fat man as a running back probably goes against him a little bit here because you look at him and you think, okay, he's, he's, he's big kid, uh, just a big plotting back or whatever. He's got some athleticism to him. So interested to see where he fits in the, uh, in the lineup of Penn state's backs. So they've, they've got some pretty good athletes there already. And they're adding uh Katron Allen and Nick Singleton in 2022 is, is pretty, is pretty uh, crazy to think about. Under the current structure with the NCAA, what's going on here. Only John Lovett, the Baylor transfer, who's a senior, carries eligibility beyond their sophomore year right now in that running back room. Um, two players adding to it. I think we all know how college football works. There will be some departures from that room one way or the other before we get to 2022. But you now know uh, what that tandem looks like. Katron Allen, Nick Singleton, by the way, punch of coverage up on lines247.com now on Katron Allen, the impact of his decision um, and some analysis from our uh, scouts uh, about what he is going to bring to this Penn State backfield when he does arrive. Sean, as of uh, using the 24-7 class calculator with those 19 commitments, Penn State uh, is decimal points behind Notre Dame uh, in number three in national class rankings. Ohio State still holds the top spot. But at 2023, and I mentioned this a couple of podcasts ago, this is the, the, the time frame where you start to look for that class to take off a little bit. It was last July, last August, where we really saw Penn State build out its 2022 cycle. Matthias Barnwell committed last summer, tight end out of Virginia, decommitted in January. There's been no one in the 2023 class since then. That changed on Thursday 
Alex Birchmeyer uh, out of uh, Virginia, Broad Run High School down there, commits to Penn State. 24-7 Sports has him as the number 19 overall uh, prospect in that 2023 cycle, number one amongst interior offensive linemen. And if you read Brian Doan's VIP analysis piece, you probably can't wait to see this kid in any Lions uniform. I said, don't. What are you doing to me here? This is, this is Quinton Nelson. Uh, yeah, if you, if you check his profile, he's got that, that combination or that uh, comparison on right now. He texted me that the other day, and I'm like, man, that's that's pretty high praise. And then I saw he put it in the uh, the article, and I was like, oh, boy, <laughs> here we go. Um, Alex Birchmeyer, uh, Penn State's second first commit in the uh, 2023 class. Uh, this is a big one. This is the number one interior offensive lineman by 24-7 Sports and the 24-7 Sports composite. Um, could probably play tackle as well, but he, he seems to me like a center or a guard, um, which I think is uh, you know, not, certainly nothing wrong with grabbing the number one interior guy versus grabbing the number one tackle. But uh, no, in a, in Penn State has been in a really, really good spot here for a while. Came down to Penn State and Notre Dame. Um, he's got a national offer list. Uh, it's a kid that really, really, if you look at uh, the actions over the pandemic. I think he visited twice um, on his own, didn't get to see the coaches and then promptly set up uh, an unofficial visit to see Penn state the, f- the first weekend of June. Um, this is one that Phil Troutwine and Jaywan Sider did some massive work on uh, via zoom, you know, over the the course of the pandemic. And it really paid off, not just with, with Birchmeyer, but with his family. I know his father's a big fan uh, of Penn state and really uh, reflected that to Doan. I think he spoke with him, last November or something like that. And uh, really reflected that Penn state was, was in a good spot. Um, I'll be honest with you, a little surprised at the timing. I mean, usually when you've got these guys that are top 30 prospects or whatever um, you, you don't expect it to, to end very quickly, um, especially since he's a Virginia kid, he's not a Pennsylvania kid. He's not an in-state guy that grew up, you know, following Penn state and wanting to put on the blue and white for forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, that's a little bit of a surprise. I was texting with some people on Monday and they're thinking, eh, Birchmeyer might be it. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll take your word for it. But here we are that, that you think he would get back to, uh, he's coming to lash bash and we, we tried to figure out the, just put, put the pieces together there and say, maybe, maybe he's a lash bash commit. Maybe he gets into the season wants to take a couple of games. And I actually was just texting with him this morning. I said, it wasn't, didn't expect you to decide this soon. He's like, I really didn't either, but I just kind of felt it. And that's uh that's a good, that's a good sign uh, for Penn state right now for him to get on board. He wants to build a class that, that surpasses the 22 class, which 22 class number three class in the country right, right now. Um, and 2023 has got some potential um, where I'm looking at that offensive line class in the region. And, and I'll put it with the disclaimer out in front of it that the offensive line class in the 2022 cycle is going to be a little bit different than 2023, but it's, it's probably moved more than any other position. Uh, Phil Troutwine's uh, uh, evaluations and things like that have probably, you've seen more moving pieces in the 2022 cycle. And it makes sense. I mean, pandemic, you can't see these kids, these kids show up and they're, you know, you, you never got to work them out. They're maybe just not as athletic. And some of these kids can put on some, some really good tape dominating, you know, all kinds of competition, but at the same time, we talked about this last week, if they're not a genuine division one athlete, you're, you're kind of scared off by that. So, um, but you've got guys like Antonio Tripp, who's been on campus a few times and he's going to come back for the lash bash as well. He confirmed to me, Chase Basantis was on campus in, uh, in June as well. Luke Montgomery came on campus. Luke Montgomery was part of that group that watched the Ohio state game, 
um, downtown State College with Landon Tangwall, Caden Saunders, a couple of those other guys. He's going to be back uh, for the Lash Bashers, or he's going to be back in late July. I forget if it's for the Lash Bash or not. Um, but uh, there's some some good names uh, shaping up there. Luke Montgomery's going to be tough. He's got that Ohio State offer, and they're pushing for him, and everybody's pushing for him. To be honest with you, also has a younger brother who's a 2025 quarterback um, that Michigan's already offered. So a lot going on there. But you just keep going down the list, and Penn State had some really good talent and going to write this all out at some point. I started writing it yesterday, but I didn't get there, but had some really good talent on the offensive line, some early targets visited in June and some more guys that might come in July. So there's a lot to like there. Um, I know we kind of start this every cycle thinking what could be the most, uh, the, the best offensive line class you could put together. You remember a couple cycles ago with Rucci and Wyatt Millam and Tristan Lee and those guys. That conversation not- rarely looks, rarely looks good in retrospect. Yeah, yeah. 18 months look, later. It's going to look different <laughs> a year from now. I'm not going to lie. It's going to look different a year from now, but the outlook in terms of guys that they have built relationships with Phil Troutwine, you know, identified that 2023 class very early and identified guys like Tripp and Basantis and, and Birchmeyer. And they're, they're starting to see some, see some returns off of that. So they're going to be very interesting to watch that, that position next cycle. Uh, you mentioned Antonio Tripp, by the way, another player out of the McDonough school in Maryland, which has been very kind to Penn state. Speaking of which check out lines, 247com the Lions pride message board where Steve Wolfong dropped an interesting nugget on denying Dennis Sutton on Friday. Our VIP members can check that out right now. Sean, as I move past that tease and get back to the Quentin Nelson comparison, I checked out what Quentin Nelson has accomplished in his career. And Brian Doan evaluates hundreds and at this point now thousands of recruits in his career. And he doesn't throw out these kind of I would say the praise that we saw in his write up of uh, Birchmeyer was exceedingly so compared to most of what I see him do. And when he compares Quentin Nelson Three-time All-Pro with the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, he was a unanimous All-American with the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. And before that, he was a high school All-American uh, coming out of high school as one of the premier prospects. So that is the comparison here. Um, and, and something that you mentioned there, I was very curious about. I haven't had a chance to speak with Alex myself, and I hope we'll have him on the show to get a better understanding of why he was ready to commit this early. He must be ready. To, to be a leader, because I know that was a, a, a major motivation for Caden Saunders last summer to get on board early. He wanted to start recruiting guys. We've seen how that's kind of played out in the past year. Bershmeyer, this is a kid who's going to carry a lot of clout. You know, that that ranking and rating helps. I uh, don't know much about the personality. You know, that, that's something that's going to be very important, how he connects with other peers and um, as he gets things started. But that, that's huge to have in the wheelhouse if you're the Penn State staff. And uh, you know, like, like you, I was a bit surprised uh, when this was starting to brew and this was about to break uh, this week. I did not see this one coming. Um, another one that kind of surprised us on the offensive line this week, and we'll get to it after the break here, in addition – from Harvard. Stop me if you've heard it, heard this before. We're going to get into that edition. We have uh, transfer rankings out from 24-7 Sports. A bunch of newcomers for the Nittany Lions were featured there. Uh, a few guys who have moved on to other programs. Sean, anything else to add before we uh, halt things on this side of the break? So I, I don't love comparing high schoolers to NFL All-Pros. I've, I've said that before. It's not it's not a hot take or anything like that, but I will say this. Doan is from Jersey. He He's known Quentin Nelson since he was a freshman in high school and said, he, I, I don't think he wanted to do it either, but he said that that tape looked a lot like Quentin Nelson's sophomore uh, highlights. So um, <laughs> thanks for setting that bar, Mr. Doan. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, but that's, uh, that's kind of where that's coming from. It's not just a, you know, sometimes you look at these and you try and profile height weight, length, all that kind of stuff and how they, how they work out and all this, uh, all this stuff to, to get these comparisons. But Doan knows, probably knows Quentin Nelson better than anybody else. Um, and for him to say that it's, 
it's something. I, I don't know what it is, but it's something. All right. We'll be back with more on the Penn State personnel movements this week, some transfer talk, um, and some final thoughts with our five-star mailbag. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Continuing the conversation here on the Lions 24-7 podcast, just a, a few other details to get to catching you up on recent events with the 2022 cycle on the Penn State Target Board. Gunnar Gibbons is announcing... In a, I don't know, in a matter of a half hour from when this podcast drops, 6 p.m. is his announcement. Virginia Tech, the unanimous crystal ball leader, Penn State listed as a finalist. There's a few finalists that are listed that I don't think are anything more than hats on the table at this point, Sean. Um, with Givens still, we're not anticipating that this podcast is going to end up with a pie on its face, right? Yeah, yeah. I think we're posting this one after the Allen thing for a reason. But yeah, we're not going to get into that one, you know, in case there's a surprise. He makes us look really stupid, which if he does that, <laughs> he's making a lot of people look really stupid. So good on him. So All right. Well, we think Virginia Tech is where he ends up. Moses Walker ends up at Rutgers. He was a linebacker um, out of New York, visited Penn State in June. He was on campus with all those commits in late June, uh, a guy that Penn State Pry made a push for uh, Sean Rutgers was the pick that wasn't surprising. Um, uh, this is, this is going to be really interesting to see as, as Shiano, you know, tries to recruit the area. We've discussed this. They're going to have to go win football games, but the aftermath of this announcement and how it was done, it's, it's going to get things a little bit heated up between these two big 10 programs. And clearly Rutgers wants to go and, and, and make a move and, Penn State wants to keep Rutgers in the basement, especially when it comes to recruiting. What do you make of this entire kind of situation? Because it was really a, a pretty intense topic on our on our message board. Yeah, and that's first off to say it's a tough loss. Moses Walker is a really good player. Um, this is one that I think Penn State uh, kind of got ahead of themselves here. Uh, slow played them for a little bit, and I think it cost them. Um, but I, I think that the way that this one ended, it, it's a bad look on both sides. Uh, for those of you not following along, and I'll be honest with you, if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably followed somewhat. Uh, Moses Walker put out the, the video graphic or whatever, uh, tagged James Franklin and uh, Alan Zemitis, which that's not great. And it started with the Penn State logo and then went to the Rutgers commit. We knew it was committing to Rutgers. Um, but it was not a good look. Like that's not something that you do. Um, but Penn State response, some staffers on Penn State responded in kind with some tweets that were subtweeting. That's not a good look either. You don't do that either. That's an Arduzzi move right there. And you don't want to be lumped in there. Um, so it, it was, it was a tough, I mean, it was just like that Michael Scott gif where he's just like, Oh, I, none of that was good. So that's, that's not great. And, and I'll be honest with you. You know, I, I don't see Penn State circling back around and trying to flip them later 
because of this. And that's kind of the ramifications of it, but he seems pretty happy with his Rutgers commitment. Gabe Bryan done some quotes about where they thought Rutgers was headed. Um, that's a, that's an interesting dynamic there because Penn state's clearly on a different level. Um, Greg Shiano is doing a fantastic job putting together a great class doing, they got some really good players in that class. Um, but that's, uh, that's an interesting shot to take from a position that you're at. So I guess, I mean, I guess that's the way to go, but, uh, it's, uh, it, I think it's a bad look on both sides. There's just no, no need for any of that. Moses Walker will have his first chance to come back to Penn state and Beaver stadium in 2023. Um, so we'll see. Surely this subject will get brought up down the road. If Moses Walker emerges as a player uh, for, for the Scarlet Knights. And, and I, expect to, I expect him to do that. I mean, he's a good player um, and he's going to come in. He's going to be play, be able to play right away. Um, there's, it's just the, the fact of taking, we've seen that shot taken before. Um, I think what was a miles Nash years ago um, with, with Rutgers uh, did not, say some nice things about Penn state when he committed and obviously never won a game there against Penn state. So I, I don't know what the end game is going to look like and what that's going for, but there's probably more to that story. And I think it's probably just best we can stay away from that one. <laughs> one more name to get to here on, on the target board or uh, on the defensive end of things is Jordan Allen. And you mentioned this earlier. I want to reiterate, he is announcing on Saturday and didn't make it to campus in June. He was supposed to be up for an official visit, ended up saying, you know what, I want to get there in the fall, talk to the staff. It's going to make more sense for me to, to make this trip when I can be in Beaver Stadium, see what campus is like on a game day. And we kind of thought, okay, this kid's from out of the region, way out of the region, didn't visit during the early period, probably a name we can file away. But you kept saying, not just yet. And now as we get closer to his commitment, Maybe we see one of those instances where a kid commits to Penn State somewhat blindly, at least in terms of putting his feet on campus. Yeah, that's um, it's a weird one because that's kind of what the pandemic has brought us. But you had that opportunity in June to get out here and, and he didn't do it. So kind of just like usually how this works, if a, if a visit is canceled and this was this was canceled on his end, this was not Penn State uh, canceling his visit like we've seen with some other schools um, and some other players. But um, this is one that you know, he, he stepped back on this end and said he wanted, he wanted to come back in the fall. I mean, at that point, we're looking at, at a Penn State class, defensive back class that would potentially be full by then. So you kind of wrote him off. And then we, we heard some things earlier this month that he, he put out a decision date. And this is one of those ones that Penn State sources were like, yeah, we think we're legitimately in this and could potentially be the landing spot. So it'd be interesting to see how this one falls. And uh, you never like to take a kid who's, who hasn't been on campus, but they think a lot of him heard some really good feedback on him as a kid from, from my folks down there in Louisiana. So um, be interesting to see what comes of this, but yeah, Penn state could be sitting at 20 by the end of Saturday. Yeah. And, and he, he, an excellent young man to speak with just the, the couple of times. I'm very curious, not just how this commitment goes, but what happens this fall? Because again, he's down there in Lafayette, Louisiana, got a lot of offers on the table. I just don't know if this is the recruitment that shuts down when a commitment comes. We'll find out more. Um, and, and if Jordan Allen's ready to step up and, and announce as he intends to on Saturday, uh, we will follow up with some information there. And he just hit me back one o'clock is his plan. Um, and of one course o'clock. he's central time. So that might be two o'clock. I don't know. So folks, you just heard It'll be Sean Fitz afternoon. reporting in real time. That's Report, really exciting. Reporting for live on a podcast <laughs> is a really interesting way to go about it, but yes. So. Sean, um, 24-7 Sports put out new transfer rankings for the oh, – you know what? We're not there yet, are we? We're not we, still there got, yet. We, got, we still got Spencer Rollin to hit up. There's so much movement. Um, so, Catron Allen was the third commitment in three days. Maybe Jordan Allen makes it four in four days. But back on Wednesday, this thing got started with Spencer Rolland. And 
Sean, this one developed very quickly. He did get the offer in June, made a trip down, uh, worked out for this staff, went home with an offer out of Harvard. He's played one season there. He was uh, he did not play his freshman year in 20, uh, nine, 2018, did not play last year because there was no Ivy League season. So there is not a lot to go off with this young man. But and he was a two star coming out of high school back in 2018. But tell me how this comes together where a program like Penn State sees enough, feels comfortable enough to bring him on board. And then if this wasn't interesting already, he's not showing up till 2022. He's going to play another season with the Crimson up there in Massachusetts. So we'll start with the eligibility stuff. This is an Ivy League thing because you, you saw it with Eric Wilson, who's got one more year to uh, he's got one more year coming out of the uh, uh, hit. I had all this written down. Um, but I can't <laughs> find it right now. So, so what it is, Ivy League schools have four years to play four. T- typical NCAA schools have five years to play four. So there's no red shirting really in the Ivy League. Um, of course, the pandemic throws everything to a, to a tizzy. Those guys get their seasons canceled. Um, there is a temporary or there is a waiver in place for the Ivy League, but it's only for the 2021-22 season where you can play as a graduate student. You can never play as a graduate student in the Ivy League before. Um, so where this goes with, uh, with Spencer Rolland is that he's got one more year to play at, to, to fill out or call him crazy. He wants to get that Harvard degree for whatever reason, he's got one more year to play at Harvard and typically would only have another year on top of that to play at Harvard. Now he's got two more years or he's got one more year to play at Harvard, but two more years to play at Penn state. So this is this is a long term. I mean, this is pretty much like getting a junior college eligibility guy instead of a one year grad transfer rental. Uh, This one's very interesting to me. I popped on the tape this morning and really was blown away. This kid's footwork is ridiculous for for being a guy that was pretty much overlooked out of the out of Minnesota, like Eric Wilson. Um, you, You put on the tape and he played at 265 pounds. He's about 290 right now. So you're wondering, how does that translate over with the added 35 pounds or or 30 pounds or whatever he is right now. Um, it's it, it's all, all projection right now, but this kid moves better than most Penn State offensive linemen that they've brought in. And, you, and you've got to sort of separate that one's, you know, one's a high school kid, one's a JUCO kid, one's a kid that's actually in college right now. Um, but there's a lot to like in terms of his lateral movement, his ability to get out and and set the edge. And I'm curious to see how he, go, how he comes along, uh, excuse me, how he comes along as a bigger player. Um, I think he can be an all Ivy league guy and then can step in and and actually play at Penn state. So I was not sure what to expect. They brought him in in June. They worked him out. They were impressed. They offered that day. Actually, Eric Wilson hit me up and said, Hey, you may want to check on this kid. They I'm on my old teammate. They just offered him. Hey, thanks for that one. Fell right into my lap from Eric Wilson. So I appreciate that. Um, But this is a, a, a kid that's been eyeing a transfer like this for a while. This is, Crazy in the sense that you've never seen a transfer intention made before the kid plays his final season at his current school. But this is an Ivy League thing. This is different. This is this kid would not be able to play um, past uh, the the next season in, in, in Ivy League. So it's a long term play from him. It's a long term play from Penn State. Um, but there's a lot to like there. Um, if you put on that tape, I was I was very pleasantly surprised with what he brought to the table. And if that. 66290 is what he uh, measured in at Penn State. All that checks out with length and, and agility and things like that. Um, you got a potential starter there. Um, and that's you, really what you're looking for as a, as a guy that can play at the next level. 
Rolland was a preseason all Ivy League pick by Phil Still last year. The Ivy League didn't play in the fall. They didn't play in the spring. So it's been a while since we saw him. Last time we did see the Crimson in action, Eric Wilson was an all Ivy League guard. And now he is part of the competition to start at Penn State with a vacant left spot. And, and, and Sean, when we look at Rolland, like Wilson, he's out of the Minneapolis, St. Paul area, um, you know, an all district caliber player, all Metro teams as a senior. The offers he had coming out of high school. Couple, a few out of the Ivy League, obviously Harvard, Brown, and Dartmouth didn't have an FBS offer to report coming out of high school. Penn State's the first Power Five program to show this kind of interest. I know you caught up with him pretty quickly coming out of that. To me, that is just a tremendous leap. It's not like we saw a market growing here, and it is a different dynamic with him still having a season ahead at Harvard. Um, but Penn State really, you know, far and away, the, you know, a, a top level Power Five program probably made the decision fairly easy for him, but I think it says a lot about what Phil Troutwein must have seen and this Nittany Lions staff must have digested from the day they spent with him. Yeah. Harvard uh, is right up there. You know, Phil Troutwein spent a lot of time in that area. So I'm sure he's got a lot of people that he can lean on for that one. Um, Did so with Eric Wilson as well. Um, So, you you know, and you, you go to Wilson, you say, can, can this kid play here? And uh, I, I don't know what that conversation was, but obviously it was, it was some positive feedback there. Um, so be really, and Wilson committed to Auburn first, right? So th- th- this one to me is just like, we didn't see, you know, power five offer lists grow here. It was the power five offer came last week, last month from Penn state. And now he's ready. I mean, it, it just, it. I thought that was, was quite something. Yeah. It's, it, it's very interesting to see if this becomes a trend, not just at Penn state, but, you know, sort of rating the I- Ivy league for those upperclassmen that have experience that have, you know, clearly, you know, so there's been a lot of good players that have come out of the Ivy league and gone to the NFL. And that's uh, you're looking for that kind of athlete. If, if that athlete is looking for that kind of exposure, you know, that's a pretty good trade. And, and the other thing about these Ivy league kids is they're one year rentals. So if it doesn't work out and with the exception here of, of, of Roland, um, if it doesn't work out, it's not going to burn you too much from a long-term scholarship perspective. So, I'm, I'm very, very, I'm, this is probably the most intriguing transfer they've taken to me, especially after looking at that tape and, and being impressed with what he's able to do. Very curious to see how he plays this year with the added weight, with the, you know, the layoff and things like that. But uh, I think they got something here and, and honestly, not always you know, sold on what Penn State brings in or, or you know, on the offensive line. Um, but I think they've got something that, that is very, intriguing here as a potential two-year starter. So Spencer Rollins due on campus, I believe next May, like Eric Wilson, he's going to finish his time at Harvard, get that degree, then head down to Happy Valley. (laughs) What's he thinking? Um, And then you've got Drew Shelton firming up his commitment coming out of June. You've got Malik McNeil committing back in May. J.B. Nelson picks up an offer in June, uh, commits to begin July. Those are other 2022 additions. Nelson not going to come to campus with with the, the full array of eligibility either because he's at the junior college level at Lackawanna. I mean, you mentioned it earlier, this 2022 board and, and, and the plan and, and what Phil Troutwine's doing. Let's remember the only player in that offensive line room at this point who we actually personally recruited out of high school is Landon Tengwall. Everybody else preceded him or has been added via transfer or what, what, what have you. This is his baby, this 2022 plan. And it's really changed in a big way in the past few months. And, and I think the end result of the, uh, you know, the influx of offensive linemen we're going to see in 2022 I mean, to say the least, it's an eclectic group, Sean. It's, I mean, I, I don't know how to describe it. You've got uh, two high school guys, a JUCO guy, a transfer, a, a, a two-year transfer. I mean, they're- And one of the high a, school guys is just absolutely massive. I mean, yes. he's just a massive person. Yeah, yeah. Mc, Malik McNeil. He's going to take a while. 
I mean, I, I don't think there's whoever they add to this class. I think McNeil's going to be the long-term guy out of this this group. Drew Shelton's a guy who is probably in that mold, not quite in the uh, Connor McGovern, Landon Tengwall, ready to go from day one mold. But you, you put him there in a year, and I think he could play like a Rasheed Walker did, like Caden Wallace did. So, um, really tremendous. Pro- I think we, we I think we've got Drew Shelton underrated, to be honest with you, um, at twenty four seven Sports. But um, JB Nelson's going to be a guy that takes time. He's got four years to play three, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him use that red shirt year and then have three years to go. So um, it's an eclectic mix. I'm not sure how to describe that group because there's only two guys with the same eligibility and they're going to continue to try to add to that um, at different uh, different levels there. But uh, yeah, it's uh, can't quite put your finger on where these things are coming from, but uh, you know they're hoping they can be productive players. All right, well, surprisingly, the 2022 transfer class already coming together. Spencer Rollins starts it off. The 2021 recruiting uh, transfer class for Penn State was a huge one. Um, you know, it, it, we, we saw A.J. Litton added to that group this summer. Um, Sean, the 24-7 sports rankings dropped, as I was referencing earlier this week, and, and it was a final product and, and a huge shout out to the guys who put that together. I think they maybe saw some things that weren't working for them earlier. There was a, a top 50 rankings that came out in the winter. Then there was a top 100 that came out a few months ago. Now they're at 150 and there are major fluctuations and a few of them regarding guys that we've seen here at Penn State. Um, you know, hats off to them for, I think, ironing out the process. It's not an easy one to figure out how to rate guys when not many of them have not even really played extensive college football. And some of them were maybe evaluated just two or three years ago as five star or high four stars by uh, 24-7 sports. But long story short, Sean, a lot of Nittany Lions names here, three departures, five newcomers. I'll go through it, but I'm curious to, to hear what you think. Because we had some questions, I guess is the way to say it, about the earliest version of some of the transfer rankings out of the site. Yeah, that was uh, it was quite a conversation we had back in the day. Um, it was interesting, not just the the guys that were coming, but the guys that were going. And and you know, the transfer portal is is a crapshoot. You know, there's a lot of fool's gold out there, as we've seen um, in different areas across the country. You guys that you think can come in and are coming into a great situation just aren't good enough. And that's, uh, I think they're, they're, re- they're leaving that previous school for a reason typically. And, you know, it's, it'd be interesting. That'll get to, we'll get to one of those probably later in the departures aspect of it, but the newcomers, uh, Penn State's uh, Arnold Ebikete is the top one. I have no uh, problem with that one whatsoever. You can argue whether he's too high or too low. He's at number 37 in the overall rankings. Um, I think he's going to have a big impact this year. And I think if you look at the the potential impact he's got this year, plus the potential for being a draft pick, then that would make sense as, with him as the top pick. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm not surprised. And that's where he was. He, he was leading all those Penn State additions. And, and Derek Tangelo is up next at 57, the defensive tackle transfer, transfer from Duke. Uh, multi-year starter for the Blue, De- Blue Devils. Played a lot of football. Not sure if we're going to see him in the starting lineup. Quite frankly, I don't know if we'll see Arnold Abichetti in the starting lineup in week one against Wisconsin. But these guys are going to be huge parts of what Brett Pry and, and John Scott want to do up front. Um, Ten spots behind him. A.J. Litton, the defensive back who last played ball at Florida State. I think was a top 50 prospect coming out of high school. Um, another defensive back at 146, John Dixon. To me, Dixon's low. Um, I, I think based on the, the, the 
football he played at South Carolina. Um, you know, I, I'd maybe Litton, I just think the, the disparity between Litton and Dixon was a little bit surprising to me, but I, I do understand it. Litton was much highly rated as a recruit compared to Dixon um, just a few years ago. And, and then Eric Wilson, who we mentioned uh, in between those two at number 76, uh, the offensive line coming in after an all Ivy League career at Harvard and, and a guy that we mentioned maybe pushing a start. You could see a few starters out of this group by the time we get into September. No John Lovett, Sean, um, three-time leading rusher for the Baylor Bears down in the Big 12, but he does not make the top 150. Um, five out of six is pretty good. I think Lovett, um, you know, a guy that when you look down the list, he's accomplished a lot more in his college career than, than plenty of players who were referenced before, but there's plenty of programs out there who are probably wondering why they're new transfer wasn't on this list and, and what have you. So it's up for debate, but no love it. There's the rest of it. Any other thoughts on the, the Penn state newcomers who landed here? Uh, to start with love it. I think that's a de-emphasis of the running back position in terms of like rankings and things like that. So I think that that probably explains it. He's a guy that can come in and be productive and also still not be drafted. Like that's kind of, you know, we, we do these rankings for the high school. I'm not sure what the transfer rankings uh, like explanation was in terms of is it draft process draft prospects is it um like typical rankings or is it impact right away i think it's more the draft so i get that with john lovett um i'll be honest with you if you flip john dixon and aj Litton, i wouldn't have batted an eye i think john dixon Mm -hmm. especially with having the eligibility that he has left and proving that he's played a little bit uh and and he had a really good spring i wouldn't be shocked uh i was surprised to see Litton where he's at it was kind of like a com uh uh, it was kind of like what we saw with lance dixon we had lance dixon rated really high as a recruit we had Anthony Litton rated, AJ Litton rated really high as a recruit as well. And so you've got, you know, that, that athleticism doesn't go away, but you haven't seen this kid in a year or two. So it's tough to make me forecast him that high, especially higher than John Dixon, who had a really good spring. Wilson's uh, seems fine. He could potential starter right there. Tangela probably a little high in the sense that he's a, you know, a gap controlling defensive tackle. Um, and that's, great uh for penn state i think he could be solidly in that rotation probably be the number two or three guy depending on where hakeem beeman is coming into the season and can be a very productive guy for penn state but i don't know that he's a draft pick right now um i think you know he could work work his way into the back part of that strong kid big kid but he's going to take on blocks he's not going to fill up the stat sheet so i think he's probably a little high um not saying he's not a good player or anything like that but if you look at some of the other guys around him you can see some some potential for you know, draft boosts or things like that. Cause I, I don't think he's an overly coveted draft prospect at this point. Now where we saw pretty drastic movement, quite frankly, is with this departure group. There's three guys in the top 150 who were part of the Penn state roster last year. Um, and, and, you know, Lance Dixon, uh five-star coming out in the 2019 class didn't work out for him at Penn state. He's now at West Virginia he was, I'm checking it here, Sean. He was at number 30. He was in the top 35 last time around. I think he was at number 31, it looks like. Now down to 66 um, in his third year of college football. Will Levis uh, is the number 11 overall quarterback. He comes in at number 110 on this list. He just missed the top 100 last time these rankings came out. He's now down at Kentucky. And then Antonio Shelton, uh, who started the last couple of years for Penn State at defensive tackle, uh, now with the Florida Gators, uh, Pretty significant slide here, Sean. He's at 132 overall. Um, the the earlier rankings, he was in the top 50. Yeah, this is um, a big one, and, and I don't disagree with it at all. Uh, if you're a six year guy, you probably who could have been a draft pick could have gone to the NFL. 
then you probably would have gone to the NFL. Shelton can really help out. Shelton's kind of like Tangelo in the sense that I think he could really help out that Florida defensive line as a space filler, as a guy that takes on blocks and things like that and have a productive season, but still not be a coveted draft prospect. So I think right. that's probably where that comes in with there. Um, moving up, Levis. I, I'm, I'm all over the board with Will Levis. Uh, physically, you know, it, it, I had this conversation um, over the weekend with somebody like he wanted to know, like, is this kid the real deal for Kentucky? And I was like, he can be like, he can fill out arm strength is off the charts. Athleticism is fantastic. Size is incredible, but those are three of the boxes that he fills really well. Accuracy, th- things like that. You know, we haven't seen him put that together and, and really be a consistent quarterback. So stretch that over a full season. And how does that come about? I don't know what that's going to look like. Will Levis could be a really good uh, investment for Kentucky, but at the same time, he could also not be the starter by the end of the year. I think it could be, I could go, it could go anywhere. And I, and I hope he has success. He's, he's been great to us uh, over the years. So, um, but you look at that quarterback board and 24 seven sports put up a graphic um, about the transfer quarterbacks this week. And it, there, there was not much out there. So mm-hmm. um, for him to be the number 11, just miss out on the top 10, that's something. And, you know, I, I've always been a Lance Dixon fan. I, I don't know that, you know, the five-star rating it, it was was good for him or anything like that. But I also don't think that his position fit at Penn State was good when they tried to put him in there at will. Um, and just didn't work out. So, uh, you know, hope he does the best at, at West Virginia. And uh, if he finds a spot that's a, a hybrid role where he can – sort of rove and do some things. And uh, I don't know that he's ever going to be that traditional linebacker that we all thought he, he could be, but I think there's certainly still potential there for Lance Dixon. I think the the rankings reflect Lance Dixon at this point in his college career better than they did initially last winter. Um, he's a guy who still carries freshman status. Will Levis still a sophomore status because of what's going on in the NCAA. As you mentioned, Shelton wrapping up his career with year number six here. And, and, and we heard uh, earlier on the podcast from, Director of Player Personnel for the Denny Lions, Andy Frank. They don't expect to see a lot of six-year seniors on a year-in, year-out basis with this eligibility thing. It's going to be a rare case. Um, by the way, number one quarterback on that list, number 16 overall, Mackenzie Milton uh, from Central Florida to Florida State. He's a guy who's uh, working his way back from just a de- devastating injury. So that kind of puts things in perspective of, of where that quarterback transfer market was this year. Will Levis lands at number 11. Um, that's what we got for you from the transfer rankings. Sean, it's time for the five-star mailbag. So let's jump into it. And it's it's well timed here because Penn State now pushing 20 commitments. And this question is about what happens next. Here it is. How do you see the 2022 Penn State class filling out from a positional standpoint with less spots available? I'm still holding out for Deny Dennis Sutton. And aside from him, do three more defensive backs make sense? Maybe you look at offensive line, wide receiver, and another linebacker with those other spots. And how much is the quote unquote athlete role a factor here for flexibility? Yeah, that's um, that's going to be something because if you look at what Penn State has in the class, and and usually we tell you just to cap it at twenty five, but I think they can go a little bit over in this class, so it gives you a little bit more wiggle room. But as of right now, there are more uh, high level prospects on the board than they have spots available, and that's that's what you want. And let's be honest with you, because you're not going to bat a thousand on those guys. Dennis Sutton, obviously the, the the big jewel right now. Three more defensive backs makes sense. And the fact that you're, you're, you're really, you know, you hope to add Jordan Allen on Saturday. Cam Miller's a big target from the Mount of Florida. Uh, and, and then KJ Winston just moved up his decision date, uh, from, from late August. So that's a, that's a guy you've been tracking for a long yeah, time. July now. 30, July 31st now for Winston. Story yeah. up online 24 
247.com as of about five minutes ago. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. You got breaking news from you there. So we oh, Courtesy that. of Brian Doan, per usual. <laughs> All right. Uh, offensive line. Uh, that's that's going to be the interesting one to me because you've got a couple of prospects still out there. Um, you've got guys that may be late risers. You've seen the group that Troutwine's put together so far with two high school guys, a JUCO guy, and a 2022 transfer. Um, that's going to be uh, interesting to see how that one finishes out. Um, you look at wide receiver, Darius Clemens is still out there. Uh, you took Tyler Johnson, who probably didn't, you didn't figure into that a month ago. So, um, there's a lot to still work out, but, 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 uh, Clemens is not deciding anytime soon. Linebacker, the black hole of mystery right now, if we're going with Penn State's, uh, <laughs> recruiting class, you, know, you got Keon Wiley there. Um, but at the same time, that's, uh, that's, that's one that you can't look at and say, okay, this is, this is what's going to happen next. So that's a big question mark uh, right now. The athlete tag is certainly a factor here. Christian driver um, is that guy. When I think of the athlete tag for the rest of this class, take him as a receiver, take him as an athlete, take him as a safety, whatever you want. Um, but they want to get him in this class at the end of the month as well. So yeah, I, I, I could see it going any which direction. I do think there's three, there's room for three more D backs um, defensively is where you're going to see the focus for the rest of the cycle, um, especially with, with Dennis Sutton, who is unquestionably the number one guy right now. So um, there's a lot to a lot to look for there, um, but it's going to be mostly defensive coming down the stretch. Makai Flowers committed since New Year's Day has carried that athlete label for a while now. Safety, wide receiver, blue chip potential in both spots. And, and Sean, I think the other thing I hear is how many names have been out of the target board for Penn State from just you know April to June that reshaped everything and 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 kind of impacted the commitments that they end up bringing in in June and into July? I do wonder if there is a very slight wave two where you start to try to line up some official visits in the season uh, with targets that didn't get to campus, guys that pop up for you with early season highlights. There's not a lot of room left in this class. That's the thing, but I do wonder because of how this cycle started and now where it's heading. Do we see that target board evolve? Do we see some new offers go out? I just wonder if we, I have a hard time thinking that we know all the names at this point, because we just quite frankly, going into June, there's been new names that have popped up just in the five, six weeks since then. I New offers in the 2022 class, probably not a ton of them. Um, senior risers are always something they're looking for, obviously, especially in this era where guys, some guys just flat out miss their junior season. So Jerry Cross hasn't yeah. played since his sophomore year. He's a much different person now. There's got to be a lot of prospects out there like that, and not of that caliber. But I mean, yeah, it's that's just- the thing is, 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 can you find a guy of that caliber? Because you yeah. can't. You can't take too many flyers on those guys, but what's the fall for? The fall is for, you know, maybe flipping some guys, maybe bringing mm-hmm. guys in. Jay Wan Sider all of a sudden is going to get back on the road and, and be able to see guys in Florida. So, you know, you're bringing guys in from all the way, you know, just across the board and all over the country. So I think that that's certainly something to look forward to. Um, but yeah, that's, I think you're going to f- settle on your current targets. And, and, you know, we've seen it in the last month. A guy like Keenan Nelson goes from, close to the top of the board potential commit to, I don't really think they're pushing that hard for him anymore. And, and that's kind of how things have changed. So I, from that aspect, I certainly could see this going in that direction, but at the same time, you got 20 spots filled potentially by, by Saturday. There's, I mean, the, the math is we're not math guys here. And we say that all the time, but the math doesn't lend to a ton of uh, ebbs and flows over the last five, six months of this cycle. 
We shall see. A very good question there in the mailbag. Um, continue to monitor this class into the weekend. As we said, Jordan Allen committing uh, to someone on Saturday afternoon. We'll see if it is the Nittany Lions um, and, and, and they get the 20 commits here in mid-July. Sean, anything else to add before we step aside of episode number two this week? And, and what a week it has really turned out to be. Yeah, no, we're, we're good. Um. <laughs> <laughs> We've had so much. I mean, we, we were looking at back to back to back days of commitments here and we're, into this recording. Yeah. We're planning on dropping this on Friday evening after the, the Allen commitment. And it's just like, I, I know somebody, like I was sitting there the other day and we had just posted the dome thing. And it's like an hour later and guys are commenting on it. I'm like, how quickly do you guys listen to this stuff? That's amazing <laughs> to me. Um, but we do appreciate it. We do appreciate you listening to us. And, and we're really, really grateful that we have the following that we do. Um, it's, uh, it, it's been something. But yeah, we're, we're going get to get back at you next week. Uh, Spencer Rollins already agreed to join us for, for an interview. So we're looking forward to that. I can't wait to be the dumbest guy in the Zoom for that one again, as, as I did with Eric Wilson. So, um, But yeah, a lot of good things coming your way uh, on the site of Lions 24 and on the Lions 24-7 podcast. That's going to do it for this episode. We're back next week. We're on the site this weekend. Checking with you on behalf of Sean. I'm Tyler. Have a great one. This is the Lions 24-7 podcast.